mindfulness mode. Trust that you have the internal resources to create how you want your life to be. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness here in Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Mindful Tribe, I'm here today with a psychotherapist. She's a coach. She's a sex coach, actually. She's trained as a hypnotist. She's a practitioner of NLP, which you know is Neuro Linguistic Programming. And she has developed two centers or yeah developed and directed two centers in Colorado uh, she's done so much counseling and speaking and, and so on I'm very excited to tell you that I'm here today with author Susie Hayes Susie are you in mindfulness mode today I am yes that's great. I'm so excited because as I was saying, I've just finished your book and your book is really, really well written, really easy to digest and so powerful. And the book is called, and it's called Freed from Stuck. And I really could identify with a lot of the things that you shared with us. So Susie, first of all, tell us what does mindfulness mean to you? To me, it is about being in the present moment, whatever that might be. And specifically, it's being attuned to my thoughts, my feelings, and maybe most importantly, what I'm experiencing in my body, because that really tells me the truth about what is going on for me. And I think mindfulness is also being aware of what is going around, uh, going on around us, but it's an awareness with a clarity, with a peaceful clarity. Well, your book, Freed from Stuck, uses the acronym FREED, F-R-E-E-D. And I uh, thought that was very clever the way you you use that acronym. The first thing that you talked about in the book is face the bridge now. So could you tell us what the bridge is? Yes, the bridge is the process between being stuck and being freed from stuck. And it's really a journey that we take. And that first step of facing the bridge is really about being present and attuned to what's going on inside of us and clearly identifying where it is that we are stuck, meaning what really is it about? And more often than not, it's really about some kind of fear or belief or pain point, some unattended need that we need to respond to. And so often we don't know because we cover it up. We cover it up with busyness. We cover it up with, of course, substances we use to cover it up. Why is it that we as humans are so determined to cover that up? Well, you know this, Bruce. It's because yes. we don't like pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. pain I do know it. But <laughs> we sure do not like pain, do we? We don't. It's no. very instinctive, which I think is also why it's so important that we not judge ourselves in that um, protective posture of avoidance or denial or, you know, excuses or all those things that happen inside of us to keep us away from pain because 
we're designed to not live in suffering. We're designed to live free of pain. And so that's why we do whatever we believe we need to do at that point to move away from that pain point. Yeah, we are designed that way, but we all have to deal with pain or we all have pain to deal with. Let me put it that way. And the the question I have is that you were able to put this book together in such a concise manner so that it, it is a relatively straightforward read, even though you will need to stop and think and make notes and go back and all of that. But it's very concise. Did you did you find that you were able to write that book in a concise way in the first place or were you like me and you had to write so much and then bring it down? It's interesting because I actually never had an intention of writing the book. I never had an intention of writing any book. I had seen so many authors just go through the torturous process and I was like, I do not have time for that. What had happened was I ran into a colleague of mine who had started a publishing company and he said to me, Susie, I know you have a book in you. And I said, no, I do not have a book in me. And he goes, give me an hour and a half and I'll find that book. So we sat down and an hour and a half later, I realized that the, the breadth of my work in all of its many aspects really came down to the fact that I was helping people become freed from stuck. And so we agreed to write this book together. And the way that we did it was we did it through a um, interviewing process, very intense, where he sat down and interviewed me for six hours, three oh, no. days for two hours. And it was intense and uh, it was exhausting. But from that body of spontaneous conversation, really, we gathered the the meat of the book and we were so excited because as you know if we are really in that place where we're flowing with our conscious awareness it it, it happens in a way that is so wise and so sensible and so it was from that body of information that we then put together the book and i must credit him with the idea of using the acronym uh, it was it was really a great idea in the metaphor of a bridge. So, yeah, it it was a it was an amazing process. Well, that's so interesting. And did he work for the company R50Books.com? Yes, he does. Okay, yeah, because I knew that you recommended that company, and right. then I searched to do a little bit of research, and so you would still recommend that company to write a book. Is that true? I would if he is still doing that. I've not been in contact with him for a while, so I'm not sure if he is, but it would certainly be worth looking up and seeing what those options are. What was the most difficult part of putting this book together? I mean, you've already told us how you did it, but then getting it from beginning to end, what was the biggest challenge? The repetitive editing. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just going back and refining and clarifying and um, adding stories for clarification and simplification and that was the greatest challenge was really the the polishing up of the book 
Mm-hmm. Well, you've got some really wonderful reviews online on this book. Can you tell us some feedback that you received from the book after you published it? I think it was very similar to your very kind feedback is that people found it to be something that they could read and you can either read it from a perspective of, oh, okay, this helps me understand the different components that are important to really be successful in becoming free from stuck. Or you can read the book and say, you know, I really want to dive in and use this material uh, in a self-help and really take a certain issue and really work with it in the material. So I think it's written in such a way that people say people can either uh, water ski or um, scuba dive. Well, it's straightforward. That's the thing. It's very straightforward. And uh, it's easy to understand what you're talking about. And one of the things you talk about is the four steps of grief. Can you outline a little bit for us here on the interview about the four steps of grief? Oh, you're you're having me uh, clear off some cobwebs. Um, I'm not sure I can I can articulate that, Bruce. What I can say is that the grieving process, we talk about it in terms of four stages, mm-hmm. but it's actually more spiral and it's actually much messier than that. So, for example, when we experience a loss, whether it's expected or unexpected, if it's not expected, then there is a certain, usually a level of trauma that we must attend to in that and be aware of. When we're in that state, very often we need assistance to be able to to move out of that and to heal out of that and begin to be in a place of action. We then will often go into perhaps denial, where we can't really believe that it has happened. Then sometimes we will be in a stage of anger because the anger serves as a protection from the helplessness that we feel in the grieving. Sometimes we will go into a state of negotiation where we will try to Um, barter for a different end result. People often will do this in prayer. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if if you'll do this, I'll do that. And uh, then we come to a place where of acceptance. And in all of that process, I always say that grieving is the most difficult task for us as human beings. There is nothing more difficult than grieving. And to the depth that we love is the depth of our grief. And so it's important to appreciate in part why we sometimes protect ourselves from love, because we also know that it may mean that we are going to experience loss and grieving. And yet to to allow ourselves the experience of love to allow ourselves the experience of intimacy and connection and companionship and camaraderie and friendship and all those ways in which we experience love um, is the enrichment of our life. And we know then in that, that we want to be 
perhaps I should speak for myself, and I think for you and probably many of the listeners, we want to be as mindful and present as possible in our love experiences. And when we are, when we show up in that way, it also means that when we grieve, it is likely to be quite deep. Yes. Well, I'm glad you you explained it this way because I think that when we read about it, we sometimes do get this impression that it we need to be going through the steps in a linear way. And you know, it when we read a book, when we write a book, it pretty much has to be presented in a linear way because that's just the way the format is. But yeah, it is so important to understand that it does not always come across as linear when we're dealing with our own grief. I know my mother passed away in, in April, so I'm dealing with, with that. And, you know, I've helped a lot of people with their grief through my coaching and hypnosis practice. And so you would think that then I would be well prepared to deal with my own. And, and I think I am more prepared than a lot of people, but it still hits you, doesn't it? It's yeah. still difficult. It is, and often it will be unexpected triggers that will activate grief. And sometimes people are embarrassed by that. It feels awkward to them. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it can be just a, a twinge of pain. Sometimes it can just feel like this wave rushes over you. As I said, grief is very messy. You know, it, it is... Um, it's because it flows from our heart, you know, and there is this fluidity and this dynamic, even in the experience of grief. Well, speaking of flowing, you ended the book by talking about flow with the go, which is really catchy. Could you tell us about that? Uh, yes, I think that part of our challenge in life is really to allow ourselves to relinquish our fear and trust the life process and to trust ourselves in the life process. And as you said, even as you are grieving the passing of your mother, you have tools and insights and experiences that help you, but there is still that go with the flow. Like you have to be able to, to go with that as it is present in your life. And so uh, it's like if you're going to go down the river, it's a lot easier if you don't try to hang on to the branches along the banks. You know, it's like, yes, let go and, and, and trust, trust the river. Trust. Yeah. Yeah. You talked a lot about trust in the book. And uh, one of the things I always ask uh, when I interview people is about the topic of bullying, because I've worked in the field of bullying for a long time. And I wonder if you have a story about bullying that you can share with us where mindfulness would have made a difference. Maybe it pertains to yourself, maybe to one of your clients or someone else. No, that's interesting because I, I had a conversation last night with a client who has really high levels of anxiety and has had throughout his life. And uh, much of that had to do with neglect and abuse, but it also had to do with uh, bullying in his history as an adolescent. And I was sharing with him about the magnificence of our nervous system and how 
anxiety helps us understand what we need. And rather than resisting or fighting against or condemning anxiety, we need to allow it to inform us in our bodies, in our nervous system about what's going on so we can attend to it. And I was sharing with him about um, how as we cultivate resources from what I call our higher self, our best self, our true self, our essential self, as we cultivate those and nurture those and, ex and have experience in relationship with those, it allows us then to deal with those very fearful, challenging experiences like bullying, where we can either go into a pattern of flight or fight or freeze. And sometimes the helplessness and the powerlessness and the fear in that is so intense that if we can learn how to soothe our nervous system, we can come out of that state. So that was our conversation. And he said to me, Susie, I wish I would have known this when I was a little boy. I wish I would have known this as an adolescent and a young man. He's in his 40s. He said, I could have coped so much better. I could have coped so much better. And so our ability to be attuned to ourselves, the mindfulness and to trust that we can recover from these experiences of bullying and trauma and loss and neglect and abuse is reassuring that we know that we can return to a calm state in our mindfulness and we can use those awarenesses such as soothing and breathing to return to that place where we're meant to live. And, and it was very touching to me when he said that. And I also, I felt a kind of sadness on his behalf of the feeling of, gee, I wish I, I wish I would have had this. I wish I would have known this earlier. Thank you for sharing that with us. In your book, you talk a little bit about intimacy and how that is important as you're dealing with being unstuck and moving through things. And I noticed in your bio that you've been a sex coach. Tell us how being able to be intimate feeds us and how that is an important part of getting unstuck. Being able to have the experience of intimacy in a relationship in which we feel loved and appreciated and respect, honored, to be able to have emotional intimacy in that relationship is deeply satisfying and deeply nurturing to us at all levels. To experience that sexually is to bring a deeper level of connection and pleasure and to feel the aliveness of our human experience. Because to have that in the presence of someone who loves us and 
accepts us just as we are is so important and so satisfying and nurturing and restorative and healing and fun. And all of that is important. Right. It really is important. How did you find yourself in that position of being a sex coach? Did did that just, was that something that was integrated with the rest of your coaching or did you work as a sex coach for a certain period of time where you did that exclusively? No, I actually, that was um, part of um, what I call the alphabet soup behind my name. It was the gathering of another set of skills and education and insight. And it actually came out of a conversation with a colleague of mine in Chicago that um, we were business accountability partners. And it came up in our conversation because we had attended some NLP training together. And we were talking about the need for people to be able to heal sexually in their relationships. And we began to talk about, well, we could do some workshops together. And so I said, okay. And I went ahead and got certification. And then unfortunately, um, he got cancer and passed away. Uh So we never did get to work together because it would have been, uh, it would have been amazing opportunity to provide that kind of education for, for couples and for singles, but just... Uh, That's really what it came out of is that I felt like that was an area that people needed to be able to have someone who was competent and caring and empathetic and professional that it would feel safe for them that they could explore that aspect of their, their relationship to their own body relationship to their partner. And, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of how I, how I got into that. Right. Interesting. One of the things that you emphasize is how much courage it takes for us to move forward and to get freed from stuck. And that's reflected in your subtitle because the first word is dare, dare to cross the bridge beyond brief, uh, grief, trauma, and self-sabotage to discover lasting change now can you share with us a story of someone you've worked with that has achieved that lasting change well you know bruce i've been doing this for a little while i've been doing this for almost 40 years or or actually 40 years so uh there's an archive of uh relationships with my clients where i can look back and say I am so honored to have been a part of their healing process and their becoming freed from stuck. With regard to a specific client, um, you know, I think about one, one woman in particular who was really struggling to let go of a relationship that she knew was not serving her. It was with a man who was not faithful to her. 
And she was feeling held in the relationship with what I call golden handcuffs. You know, it was a very nice lifestyle that she didn't want to give up. And she struggled. But she also knew that it wasn't going to change. And so she had to grieve that. She had to be able to let that go. She had to put together a strategy to exit the relationship and to be able to move into a new life. And one of the things that we did a lot of work on initially was to help her create a picture in her own mind about what her life could be like without this relationship, outside of it. And that was hard, right? Because there was this attachment. And so it was, it was, it was a challenging journey. But what came out of that was that she, she did exit. And, uh, you know, something that I've observed, I don't know, maybe you've seen this in, in the people that you work with as well. I see it particularly with women. I call it the egg timer. And it's like, they know that a change needs to happen. And it's like, tick, 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 tick. And then at some point it goes, ding, and they're done. Mm-hmm. They're just done. And, and it's so interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me. I watch that over and over again. It's like something inside shifts and it clicks and they're done. And it doesn't matter what he says, what he does, how he pleads, what he promises, something in their heart. They know I cannot continue this way. It is no longer serving my highest and best. And so interestingly enough, she went on to become a divorce coach and also is very successful uh, in her career um, as a real estate salesperson. And mm-hmm. so her life has been thriving and she has her children and she's moved on with her life and she looks back and has no regrets. It doesn't mean that she doesn't sometimes grieve because she really loved him, but she knows that she made that best decision for herself. And she's really proud of that. Wow, what a great story that is. Thanks for sharing it. Sure. Yeah, Susie, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first okay. one is this, who is one person who has been a powerful influence to you in the area of mindfulness? I would say that it was probably a college professor Uh, actually a graduate school professor that I had that was the first person that encouraged me. It was actually through, he guided me to go into a therapeutic process and it was in that, but it was his inspiration and his encouragement of me to begin to look at myself and look at my life differently and to be present with my experience and not cover it up with uh, the busyness of my life. Let's talk about your emotions and how your emotions or how you deal with your emotions has been changed based on your work in mindfulness and your mindfulness practice. 
I have come to appreciate the value of emotions guiding us to the truth about what we really need, that there is no condemnation of any emotion. We understand it as part of the way our mind and our body and our soul informs us about something we need, a change that needs to happen, something that we need to do more of or increase to have greater joy and peace and contentment. So they're powerful in terms of information. That was longer than 30 seconds. <laughs> That's okay. Okay, I'll keep the next one shorter, Bruce. That's okay. The next one is about breathing. Okay. Just share us, with us some thoughts about breathing, if you would. Oh, I would love to. 30 seconds, Wim Hof. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah. I am into the cold therapy and into the breathing. Uh, I do the cold therapy twice a day and the breathing once a day. And yes, it keeps... It keeps me alert and strong and uh, great for my immune system. So, yeah, breathing is great. Fantastic. Maybe that's one of the reasons you look so relaxed and that I could not believe it when you said you've worked in this profession for 40 years because you don't look like you could have. Thank you. Now, that's a lovely compliment. Well, do you have, like you must have some sort of ice immersion technique like do you have a, a tub or a freezer or what do you have that you that makes this work for you unfortunately i do not i have to do it the way that i think many people do through cold shower right. so i do two and a half to three minutes uh unless i feel like i want it to do longer but for me that i had to work my way into that i started the first time i stepped into that ice cold water I was there for six seconds and I had to work my way into it. But that is what I do every morning and every evening. And uh, yeah, it's, I, I love it. I really love it. I do too. I do too. I just yeah, love it. It's the best. Women. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> I know. And it doesn't cost anything really. It's just something that you can do. And, you know, it's not a pill. It's better than a pill. <laughs> totally better than a pill. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. My next question is, uh, about a book and your book, Freed from Stuck. I recommend it completely. I really enjoyed reading it. It was terrific. And I'm sure that you can get that book on Amazon. I know you can because I looked at it on Amazon. Freed from Stuck. And also I want to mention your website is susiehaysnow.com. S-U-S-I-E-H-A-Y-E-S now.com. But I want to ask you if there are any other books you would recommend that are related to mindfulness. There, uh, the book that I'm actually, one of the books that I am reading through right now is Atomic Habits. And he actually talks about the importance of mindfulness in that. But I think it is so interesting that he has integrated that awareness into the cultivation of habit formation. I, I highly recommend that book. I'm still working my way through it because that's one of those books you, you read and you noodle and you read and you noodle. Yes, yes. 
I have the book and have not read it yet. So that's. You will love it. I will. You will love it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I'll put that in our show notes at mindfulnessmode.com. Can you share an app? Are there any apps at all that you would recommend that can help with mindfulness? Yes, I can. Um, I actually, sometimes when I am doing meditation, I turn on a, uh, a YouTube channel and the author is Anthony Sumner, but I'm not sure what the name of his, of his YouTube station is, but he does these beautiful kaleidoscope um, pieces with music. And they're very, very soothing to go into a deeper trance state. So that is one app that I use every morning, actually. I have a, I have a meditation routine where I, I listen to an Abraham Hicks meditation for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I do one of these, what I call kaleidoscope meditations. I do some um, heart-brain breathing and then I do 20 minutes of reading. And um, before that, I've done my cold therapy and 20 minutes of exercise. And that's my morning routine. So, but that, that app is, is um, really very lovely and, and well, very enjoyable. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. And it sounds like your morning routine is a lot like mine. I really uh, am fascinated to hear about that. Well, it's really great to meet you. And I'm so excited to share this, this interview with my listeners because I'm sure they're going to appreciate it tremendously. So the book is Freed from Stuck. If you... Uh, I was just going to say, Susie, if someone was listening today and they're feeling, yeah, I'm stuck, I feel like my life isn't what I would like it to be, what would be your very brief word of advice for that person? Trust that you have the internal resources to create how you want your life to be. And if you trust that, and if you trust that guidance inside of you, life will bring to you what you need because we're not we're not meant to live in a place of suffering we're not meant to live in a place of being stuck we're meant to live with joy and contentment and peace and so yeah trust that you do have those resources inside of you and you'll figure it out you may need to reach out for assistance um and that's okay too but trust, trust that in yourself. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for this interview. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Bruce. It's really been an honor. And it's been a delightful conversation. It really has. Thank you so much, Susie. Bye now. Bye-bye. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for joining us here today on this interview. I hope you enjoyed Susie Hayes as much as I did. And, and if you have a chance to read, your, read her book, I hope you do that. Her book called Freed From Stuck. I really enjoyed it, as I mentioned on the interview. And if you are stuck, if you are, are struggling with life right now, maybe you're struggling only with a certain aspect, but you really honestly want to improve that aspect of your life well perhaps 
It could be hypnosis, which is the tool that will help you. And I really believe in this. As you know, I've mentioned it before. And we could jump on a call and talk about how hypnosis can potentially help you to get rid of the thing that is holding you back, to let go of what is causing the challenges in your life that are really making you feel maybe a little bit despondent or maybe making you feel as though you cannot move forward no matter what you do. But you can always send me an email, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. And I would really enjoy having a chance to just talk with you. We can jump on a free call a free zoom call and we'll just talk about you know what's going on what's your life look like right now what would you like to do to uh what would you like your life to look like envision that these are the sorts of things we could talk about and i would just really enjoy and be honored to talk to you about that but on that note take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.